Hey guys, it's Dr. Chloe, and I just wanted to come on and give you a quick thank you. Your support over season one of the podcast has been incredible, and I'm so, so very grateful for each and every one of you. It really means the world to me. We are currently taking a short break while we regroup and reorganize for season two, and I can't wait to get new episodes out to you soon. I also want to let you all know that I am creating a new community in school, S-K-O-O-L. So check the link in the show notes. You can sign on and join the group for free for the next month. And in there, I'm going to be uploading a couple of different courses that I've put together in order to help you optimize your health and the health of your family so that you can really feel empowered in making the decisions that you need to when it comes to your healthcare journey, whether it's the food that you're eating at home or the work that you're doing with a practitioner. So check it out. I'm really excited to be able to connect more directly with you all there. And I'm excited that it's going to be free for the time being. And you'll be grandfathered into that if you sign up now. So check it out. And I will see you there. I hope everybody's doing wonderfully. And I'll talk to you soon. Hey, guys, it's Dr. Chloe. And you're listening to the Radical Remedy Podcast. So today's guest is Brian Hoyer of Shielded Healing. And I really love this conversation. It's such a fascinating topic to me. So we dive deep into EMFs and how they're impacting not only our health, but the health of the planet at large. And let me tell you, there are so many rabbit holes in this conversation that I wanted to go down because it is so fascinating, so complex, so interesting. And Brian does such a wonderful job of breaking down the science for us in this episode. Not only that, but he gives us some really tangible ways in order to reduce the harmful impact that EMFs are having on our body. Please let me know what you think. Also, please don't forget to like, follow, share with anybody you think might find this podcast interesting. It really means the world to me. Thanks so much. And I hope you guys are having a wonderful week. All right, guys, I'm so excited. I am here today with Brian Hoyer from Shielded Healing, and we are going to be talking about EMFs and how they are impacting your body and what you can do to mitigate the risk. So I'm really happy to have you here, Brian. You're such an expert on this topic, and it's really wonderful to get to nerd out with you about this today. Yeah, I'm excited to uh, explore this topic with a new audience and, and people who may not have heard as much about what's up with EMFs, what the heck is, what the F is an EMF. I know, like. the curse here. It's a safe space. <laughs> um, awesome. Yeah, it's, you know, as a doctor of Chinese medicine, as a mom of a kid with epilepsy, you know, it just seems very logical that electromagnetic fields are going to have a significant impact on the body. You know, we know that the body communicates chemically, which is how pharmaceuticals make their impact on the body and how food and whatnot are making their impact. But there's also the energetic aspects of the body and cellular communication, which is why we use EEGs and, um, and EKGs in order to measure the, the strength and the, the patterns of the brain and the heart. So let's start with a little bit about there are multiple different types of EMFs and dirty electricity and all of that. Could you give us just like a basic rundown on what these different things are and and where you're going to find them? Sure. Yeah. So when, you know, I, my background's kind of as a, it's as a health practitioner. So when I started learning about EMS and how it impacts the body, uh, the thing that I would be looking at is like, you know, when as a health practitioner, you're looking at the person's body and you're trying to balance it. And then, you know, 
everything's about the person's health. And so as a as someone who's looking at these environmental stressors, which are EMF, I kind of look at their house and anywhere that they're putting their body the same way. I'm like, okay, well, what what needs to be balanced in your home? What what are we looking for? What are the markers that we're looking for? And so that's the type of EMFs that we're looking for. There's very common stressors that you find in people's bodies, in their different glands, different organs, things that are environment and our food is is impacting on our body in the same way there's things in the in our homes that are very common stressors because of just the way that we've set up our homes so uh just you know less than 130 years ago electricity was invented and so before that time the human body historically had never been exposed to electricity so that's the 60 hertz pulsation that turns on your lights and your appliances and everything in your house. And so that's one of the stressors that we test for is just that 60 hertz pulsing electricity. And, uh, and then there's also frequencies that can ride on that 60 hertz that are higher frequencies, and that's what's called dirty electricity. So it's all these chaotic transients and harmonics and like a bunch of distortion that's on, on the electrical line. Uh, that makes it actually dirty. Your electricity doesn't work as well when when these frequencies are on uh, on those on the electrical system. But also, it's more damaging to your body. And so you have the electricity, the 60 hertz. Plus, on top of that, you have the dirty electricity that's coursing through the veins of your house, which is your your electrical system, your breakers, your circuits, and everything. And then we also have the wireless radiation from all the smart devices, the Wi-Fi router, the smart meter that's on the house, communicating about how much power you're using. And then we have the cell phone towers and radio towers and television towers and emergency stations and satellites. And the list goes on and on. All this stuff that's just kind of bombarding us and, and penetrating our homes as well. And our body is perceiving that as a stressor as well. So that's wireless. So that's three things. And then we also have magnetic fields that are from the electrical lines. If there's wiring issues in the house or you're too close to a breaker box or there's a motor running uh, too close to and you're in that field or there's power lines outside. And then uh, <laughs> the last ones that, that we, uh, we address is like artificial light. So light is a type of EMF. It runs on that 60 hertz electricity and there's problems with the spectrum not matching nature. Uh, at certain times of the day when you're using it. And there's also the problem of flicker because a lot of these lights flicker because they're on that pulsed electricity. So it flickers with the uh, the power that the power source that, it, that you get it from many times. And then there's also some natural radiation that comes up from the earth that we test for as well. And we try to avoid that. And that's more of a traditional uh, natural type of EMF. That's the one, one of six uh, types of EMF that we test for is is natural, um, and our ancestors tried to avoid it. Like that's why the Chinese had feng shui. Uh, the Indians, Indian, uh, the country of India has the Vastu tradition. The Greeks and Romans had different things that they would do to to avoid like geopathic stressors, earth stressors, and things like that. So, but now we have like these other five modern common stressors, and they're in everybody's home. And a lot of people don't even realize it. They don't know what to do about it. And that's everything that we do is we go in and me or my team, one of my guys will test 
the the home and then basically build like a customized protocol to fix the things so you can have a healing sanctuary in your home uh and we have priority areas where we we have people uh you know concentrate on depending on like what's going on in their life and and how much uh how much they can afford what they can do and everything so it's it's a whole other realm if you're into health and wellness which your listeners and followers are then and you've been working on your body in that way like internally this is like a whole other way to help your body and all of the internal protocols that you do and a lot of the products that radical roots provides it, it's a way to help balance from the outside in while radical roots and other modalities balance from the inside out totally well and i think uh- You know, there are a lot of things that I found on your website and in your articles that I found really interesting because so much of it overlaps with the challenges that we see with Chinese medicine and how to integrate that into our Western medical paradigm. And also, just for the record, I'm super jealous that you got to study with Klinghart. Um, I love his work and uh, I also love that you're bringing that perspective into health and into the world of EMF and and synergizing that for all of us. It's really super helpful. Um, but one of the things with Chinese medicine that's really difficult is that there's a lot of limitations in terms of doing research on it. And I think that that's something that you're seeing also, because in our bodies and our brains, obviously things are much more complex than Western medicine likes to look at it. So Western medicine typically is looking for one pathway, one outcome, one direct correlation. So they're looking for a one-to-one correlation between you're using your cell phone, you've got a brain tumor. And how is that working? Here's this one pathway. And if they can't find that or if it takes too long, then they're not, they're going to say, well, there may be a correlation, but we don't know and blah, blah, blah. And that's something that's really challenging with my medicine. Also, what are you seeing in terms of the limitations on the research? And what are you seeing that's really coming out on the research on how EMFs are affecting the body? Like what's most interesting and exciting or terrifying to you right now? I guess terrifying would be the right right path, probably, unfortunately. (laughs) Yeah, well, what's interesting is like the, you know, because we live in such a strong uh, Western medicine model, there is the tendency for people to find, okay, well, how does it cause damage? And, um, and they're looking for that one pathway. But the fact of the matter is, is because the body's so complex, like you just so eloquently said, we, you know, we have dysfunction that happens on a cellular level uh, because our whole body is electric. And so there's like really literally million, maybe a billion different things that could uh, have dysfunction or, or be off uh, or be dysregulated because of a change in an electric, the electrical environment uh, in your in your home or your work or driving or or whatever. And so, you know, even like changes in, in light during the day affect your hormones dramatically. With, uh, with uh, you know, if you if you have a light, turn a light on in the middle of the night, like a really bright light, it's really hard to fall back asleep. And that's, you know, light's a type of EMF. And at that frequency, it's not healthy for you at that time to have that. But that if you have that same frequency of light in the middle of the day, then it actually helps to raise your serotonin production during the day, which is a precursor to melatonin later in the day. So that's why, like, a lot of times when we have more light exposure during the day or we're on vacation and we spend more time outside during the day, we sleep a lot better in the evening because you're building up all those stores of serotonin. But our whole, the whole body 
is is working on the, these uh, with these electrical signals with the brain and the heart, and uh, <laughs> and then all the bodies have these voltage gated calcium ion channels that are that are uh, and they're concentrated in the heart and in the brain. And so when voltage crosses the cell membrane, it it basically opens that gate, which wouldn't happen normally or wouldn't happen naturally. And uh, and it lets calcium flood into the cell and creates a potent free radical called peroxynitrite. And so that's that's one of the mechanisms. But there's other mechanisms that have been studied with like mast cells uh, being stimulated and causing allergies and histamine uh, reactions. And so like it all kind of works together to to cause this perfect storm of, OK, we have mast cells being activated. We have these these inflammatory uh, channels being open and, and molecules being produced in the body. And and then we also have, you know, studies where they show that 2.4 gigahertz, the same frequency as your Wi-Fi router, can be used to open your blood brain barrier. And they actually use the like 900 megahertz to 2.4 gigahertz to open blood-brain barriers in studies where they need the, the blood-brain barrier to open in order to test a drug. So they actually use the frequencies to do that. So, and then we're drowning ourselves in these frequencies all the time. So, um, and there's, a, there's probably, you know, thousands of other reactions that we don't even know about, but those are some of the main ones that are, that are happening. And then another one that's kind of common, is, especially with electricity, is like, if you think about like at night when you're sleeping, our ancestors wouldn't have had any pulsations uh, happening at night because they would just have DC energy from the earth, the natural constant flux of electrons flowing into your body. Well, when we're in a house that's surrounded by electrical wires, we have this constant pulsing of electricity. And you think about how electricity impacts the body, it actually can cause muscle stimulation, contraction, relaxing. And the pulsing causes it to contract and relax. And every time you contract, you deplete yourself of calcium. And then when you relax, you're actually, you know, the, the mineral that, that helps you to relax is magnesium. So we're constantly depleting these cells all night long. And on a cellular level, your cells are actually just kind of pulsing. And so if, you, if you're not getting as restful as sleep, you're getting depleted when you sleep instead of restored. And uh, there's just there's just so many different things that can go wrong when you have these stressful exposures that raise your cortisol, lower your melatonin, cause more inflammation, and and uh, and then we have all the other pollutants that that are happening too, like the you know all the pesticides and herbicides that are sprayed, and the air quality, and all of these things. And if EMFs are causing you to have a leaky blood-brain barrier and also a leaky gut, by the way, then we don't have much defense against all these other toxins that are in our environment. And so in order to fix that, we need to heal the gut and heal the brain and also prevent those exposures from happening so that they stop getting leaky over and over again. And that's like a huge uh, problem in the natural health community, uh, whether it's Chinese medicine or um, or more westernized like functional medicine uh, or even naturopathic medicine is that the protocols that used to work before we had all the CMF exposure stopped working. And so everybody's scrambling to figure out, okay, what the heck is, is going on? And there are new pollutants and things that are happening, but we're also having this 
increase in EMF exposure that's exponential. And, uh, and if you don't fix the stressor, no matter what you do on the nourishment side, it's going to be an uphill battle to actually heal a person. Absolutely. I think there's so many different trajectories in there. One, I, I definitely really appreciate your perspective on in the least doing what you can to shield your bedroom so that you're getting really restored in sleep. That makes so much sense to me. Also, the VGCCs, the voltage-gated calcium channels, I'm fascinated by as a, as a seizure mom. I think that they're very interesting. I was looking at research studies earlier that showed that up to 25 to 30% of children on the spectrum have epilepsy and then looking into the role of voltage-gated calcium channels and different voltage-gated channels within the brain and their role in terms of epilepsy. And I think that there are just so many different ways that these frequencies are impacting the body and our health overall that are leading to this epidemic of chronic health disorders, whether it's neurodegenerative, neurodevelopmental, autoimmune, um, gut health, obviously brain health. And it's just so essential that we start looking at down to earth ways that we can start cleaning up our environment and protecting ourselves and actually building health within our homes so that we can heal and ultimately build health in our communities as well. One of the research articles, one of the articles that you have on your website, I really loved and it was talking about EMFs and chronic illness. And I actually wrote down a couple of quotes from it, but I won't do that to you. But um, I would love for you to speak a little bit about how wireless tech uh, perpetuates chronic illness like uh, Candida and Lyme and SIBO. How does that sort of interplay? And what are those microbes? How are those microbes responding to the EMF? Because I know that that can play into a lot of the inflammation and issues as well. Yeah, so... What's interesting is they've done a lot of studies on how EMF impacts like uh, fungus and molds and and uh, things like yeast candida and uh, and and even parasites uh, to be blunt and they uh, and they you know these 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 organisms just like us they perceive these frequencies as a stressor or as a threat and so they go into survival mode. And they either start to proliferate like crazy or they just get angry and start releasing toxins or they, they might even start dying and, and releasing, releasing toxins. But the, the fact of the matter is they, they found that they, they proliferate more when they're exposed, when these microbes are exposed to different types of EMF frequencies, whether it's magnetic fields or wireless radiation or even electricity in the walls, um, you know, and it makes sense because if if something feels threatened, especially like a bacteria or a or you know some kind of fungus, it it wants to proliferate. It wants to to live. The survival mechanism is going to kick on, and it wants to multiply so that it can survive that that attack. And so when it does that, we get the benefits right of of that proliferation, and uh, and there's a lot of toxic toxicities that can happen. And then when and then when we start to like address some of those issues, you know, we can we can, you know, dampen that down a little bit more. But these these uh, these toxins they also collect heavy metals. A lot of a lot of the a lot of the uh, um, microbes like fungus and different parasites still have like 
200 to 400 times more heavy metals in them than what's in your body in a concentrated way. So they're concentrated in these, these organisms, which means they're actually more of an antenna as well. And so they're receiving these signals in a more intense way, which is why sometimes you might like, like the, you know, people who are electrosensitive, a lot of times they'll have problems with heavy metals, they'll have problems with parasites, they'll have problems with microbes. And, and they might not feel the, the frequencies on their body or on their, on their, uh, their person, but their symptoms will be such that they'll have symptoms of, uh, you know, candida overgrowth and parasites and different, different symptoms that are presenting. Uh, and it's because of the EMF environment that they're in causing those microbes to wake up and go into that survival mode. And so a lot of times people who are really, who have a, a obvious candida problem, obvious parasite issue, they're actually also, you know, in an environment that is attacking those microbes and causing them to proliferate continually. So every time you take something to purge from the parasite or whatever, it never is able to relax and kind of be caught off guard because it's always in that survival mode. And so you have to block off the, the frequencies to get the, the organisms, the microbes to relax and then you can pound them with the the Chinese herbs and the different and all the different things that that are that are meant to like like help balance the the gut flora and and uh, you know and give the body the energy that it needs to heal. Yeah, it's fascinating. I think that so many of these chronic illnesses are so complicated by these latent issues. You know, whether they're they're active or latent, whether it's a a latent virus that's sort of living within the body or dysbiosis, uh, abnormal gut bacteria or parasites. Anybody who listens to the show knows that I'm a big parasite nerd. My son Remy will literally have, if he has seizures, he has them with the full moon and then they go away. And so, you know, I've studied it enough to know that parasites migrate with the moon cycles and then that increase of inflammation is going to cause an increase in inflammation along the vagus nerve and if you're wired to have seizures you're going to have seizures then most likely thus lunacy and the phenomenon of er's truly being full during the full moon so you know why and you know why it's the full moon causes that it's because the magnetic field is stronger during that time and so if you're exposed to like a large magnetic field or live near power lines and you have like an exposure to a magnetic field all the time, it's like you're in a constant full moon state and you're just never going to recover. Imagine your son being in a constant full moon state like all month long, like 24-7. Well, it would be so many children are. I mean, I, I don't know. I know very few children. I could probably name them literally on one hand who are not constantly attached to some device 24 hours a day, you know, I, I have so many friends who are just constantly air potting, doing all sorts of things, which we'll get into more because it's my pet peeve of the universe. But, um, it's, you know, and, and then also a lot of kids on the spectrum or with developmental disabilities, their parents are just trying to find ways to alleviate their stress emotionally by giving them tablets or whatever they can use in order to calm the kids down, distract them, get their food done, whatever. I get it. I'm a single mom of a kid with multiple disabilities. It's hard. Sometimes you got to do what you got to do. 
But so many of these kids, again, are just totally addicted to these devices and their bodies are never getting that reset space from it. So it's, it is pretty terrifying as I sit here with like devices plugged in all <laughs> well, what's interesting about that addiction is it's it's obvious that people are addicted to it. I mean, I mean, every person watching this can think like, okay, if your phone dings, how long does it take you to like look at it? You know, pretty much instantly for most people, it's like I have to see what that was. And you know, there's there's the aspect of like kind of Pavlov's dogs. There's a there's a reward when you when you pick it up and you you see the notification. They make it bright. They make the sounds really nice to hear and and then you get a nice message or a thumbs up, like on all the social media hearts. <laughs> like everything, you know, they make it really addictive from from that perspective. But then there's also like the light stimulation into the eyes, the retina, the brain um, and the EMF itself, the wireless radiation. Like like all of the, all of those things combined together, create a spike in blood sugar, a spike in cortisol that kind of gets your heart pumping a little bit more and it's it gets exciting and there's a dopamine hit that happens but it's happening constantly you know with all of these different avenues that they're they're kind of attacking attacking you with and that's why it becomes so addictive it's not just the feel good stuff that that's happening with the notifications it's also the light it's also the EMF itself that's actually impacting your body and so it's like a if if there was an evil plot to like put devices in everybody's hands, I mean, this would be the perfect device to do that to to help control people and make them addicted to something. Yeah, and the the control is real. I think Huberman put out a video yesterday that just totally freaked me out. It was a bunch of it was clips of little children who were just like addicted to the phone, but there was like a one maybe two year old child lying there crying holding an invisible phone. So the kid didn't have a phone in his hand, but he's hysterically crying, holding a phone, swiping as if he's on TikTok, just going up like this, hysterically crying. And I'm like, holy shit, what the fuck are we doing to our kids on so many levels? It's absolutely terrifying. I, yeah, I, I remember when Remy, Remy for a while had an eye gaze device so he could pick what he wanted. So basically... Remy's Remy's nonverbal, so he has like a speech device which has pictures and he can pick what he wants and then it goes, Bubbles, sushi, I'm a spoiled little kid and I'm going to tell you that I want to eat sushi every day. Um, Parasites. But uh, so he had an eye gaze on and he was getting tested to see if they would give him this eye gaze device. He was probably two or three at the time. And the women who came, and it's like a $30,000 device that, you know, the state of New York or whatever gives to kids with disabilities. So they they want to make sure that it's going to work for the kid. So they bring it into my house and they're trying to get Remy to watch it and interact with it. And they're like, it's like a TV. Like, why, why won't he play with it? It's just like a tablet. And I was like, he's never used a tablet. And they're like, I don't understand. And I was like, I don't understand. What are we doing here? <laughs> so it's, it really is pretty disturbing. Uh, well, you deserve a pat on the back for that because you're an outlier, you know, like, and you you helped your kid not to fit into the norm, which is actually really good nowadays because of how, you know, the norm is so toxic. Everything that's recommended from a regulatory standpoint 
is subpar. And a lot of times it's the opposite of what's actually healthy or good for humanity. And so, you know, that's, it's the same thing with a lot of the EMF regulations as well. Like the, they, they, you know, and this is the problem with the paradigm is they're looking at like markers, like, like single cause, single disease. And their, their Western medicine is meant to diagnose. They're diagnosticians. They're diagnosing a disease. And if there's no disease, then there's nothing wrong with anything. And so they're not looking at dysfunction, symptoms like quality of life, vibrancy, energy, sleep quality. They're not looking at any of those markers. They're just looking at, okay, stressor or, or thing that we're testing and then disease. Does it cause this disease? And so they're testing, you know, and what they'll do is they'll test for like a certain period, say five years. And if the person doesn't get cancer for five years, they'll be like, okay, it doesn't cause anything. But then like at six years, they kept doing the study and they started to see tumors developing in people. But they're like, oh, let's just cut it off at five years so that it looks like there's nothing. And that's what they do with so many different different uh, types of studies. They're doing it for a specific reason to help the industry, the pharmaceutical industry, the telecommunications industry, and they're not being truthful with people. No, and they're not looking out for people's health. I mean, it's it couldn't be more obvious at this point. And I think luckily the one thing that COVID did do in a positive way is I think a lot of people are questioning uh, the the health officials and the general narrative around health in our country. And it's, it's past time that people wake up because it is an absolute disaster. And that, again, is one of the main reasons of doing the podcast with 54% of our children now having a chronic health disorder and neurodevelopmental disorders skyrocketing. I really think that we need to take a lot of the knowledge that we've learned from research and work by functional medicine doctors and integrative doctors, biohackers, Chinese medicine, and really bring that to the next generation and really start building health. Otherwise, I think we are in for quite a disaster, which we absolutely are for many reasons. And one of the ones that also is super disturbing to me, which I'm hoping to have somebody on the podcast to talk about soon, but one of the re some research research shows that sperm counts around the world have declined by 50% over the past 50 years, uh, with the pace of decline doubling uh, since 20 uh, since 2000. And research indicates that by 2050, sperm count will fall so low that the average man will actually be infertile. So it's absolutely batshit crazy to think that some of these things are not impacting health. What are your thoughts on the uh, on fertility and EMFs? I know I carried my cell phone in my waitressing apron when I was pregnant or in my back, my back pocket all of the time. And I always wonder what I what that might have done to Remy while he was in the womb. I wonder how EMFs might have impacted, you know, Remy has a rare genetic disorder that's de novo. So it's it's not something that me or Remy's dad had. So, you know, how do you think that EMFs and Wi-Fi are impacting fertility? That's such a big epidemic these days. And I'm, I, I can't imagine that having your cell phone you know, in such close proximity to your reproductive organs is is a positive thing. Yeah, well, there's there is a lot of uh, 
solid uh, studies and research on how wireless radiation, especially, but any type of EMF, uh, lowers sperm count and uh, affects fertility in both men and in women. And, uh, you know, another, another thing, you know, if it's affecting sperm count, it's also affecting testosterone. I wanted to take a moment and talk to you about Radical Roots. So I founded this company when my son Remy was diagnosed with a rare genetic disorder and intractable epilepsy. As a doctor of Chinese medicine, I knew that the best way to support his complex neurological and physiological needs would be through dynamic Chinese herbal formulas. I also started studying the incredible effects of hemp and its ability to support and regulate the brain and the body. By combining targeted Chinese herbal formulas with complete spectrum hemp and using a unique alchemical spagyric extraction technique, we have created formulas that are true game changers. Honestly, I truly believe that these are some of the most powerful herbal formulas on the market. Please check out RadicalRootsHerbs.com, use the code RADREMEDY, and get 15% off your first order. I'm so, so proud of these, and I think you guys are going to love them as much as I do. It's also affecting your sex hormones. And so, you know, that is another correlation where the studies basically are going in the same direction as the, the sperm count that men's testosterone in just the last, I think, I think the study that I looked at said like the last 20, maybe 30 years, it's, you know, it's half of what it, what it was for the same age group. And so we have like, it used to be that like you'd have to men, you know, like born in the 40s and 50s, they wouldn't have any problem with testosterone until they were like 80. And now it's like men in their 30s and 40s are having the same problems that men in their 80s had. And so we, we've, we've had the age of, of where like our bodies just can't take it anymore. And it's because of all these endocrine disrupting chemicals and also what I like to call uh, endocrine disrupting energies, EDEs. So we have EDCs and EDEs. And this is something that, you know, I kind of coined along with the, um, some doctors at a med the Medical Health Institute in Miami. They're like a hormone clinic and they were, we were talking about EDCs and how that affects hormones. And then, you know, I, we, we kind of came up together with this term called EDEs. So endocrine disrupting energies. And so anyone who thinks that, okay, EMS don't impact me. I don't feel it or whatever. Well, you don't feel it when your sperm count goes down. You don't feel it initially when your testosterone goes down. You don't feel it when, when you're, when you're a woman and like your, your cycle is off by a day or two, but you'll notice that something's off. You'll notice that there's maybe more blood that month or, or the, or the next month or less blood, or you skip a period or whatever. And there's multiple things that can, multiple factors that can be, um, can cause those things. But this is one of those factors, one of those stressors that helps to fill that bucket. So it's overflowing. And if we can lower that, lower these stressors, then you give your body a better chance to deal with all the other stressors that we have to deal with. So we need to start learning and teaching people like, how do we live in this modern world that's electrified in a healthy way that's respectful of our biology? <laughs> and that's what, you know, I just started a, a new company that's selling products. And our, our motto is technology that respects your biology. 
And so we're basically redesigning, reinventing common products, but but making them in a healthy way so that it, so that you're not exposed to these endocrine disrupting energies and these energies that are stressing your body out. So everything from like um, power cables at your office desk to like lamps at your office desk to, um, you know, just products in and in, in your house, like getting everything shielded so that you can still have the convenience of electricity without the bad parts of it. Because, because we live indoors, we actually need to have more light inside of our, our homes. And a lot of us are stuck indoors, like for work or whatever, or just the weather. And there are ways we can use technology like a biohacker to our advantage. But we also have to be thinking about, is this technology damaging us, damages it, damaging us in, in a way that <coughs> makes it not as beneficial as it could be? And so we're trying to create easy paths for people to create healthy environments because right now it is extremely difficult to go to the store and purchase anything electronic that's healthy from an EMF perspective. Almost nothing you buy it in, in the stores is that way. So we're trying to start doing what matters first in the bedroom and in your office where you spend a lot of time. And then we're kind of moving, moving out from that, but we're, we're, we're doing like probably five to 10 new products a month this whole next year. Wow. That's a ambitious beast. Like <laughs> a lot of to 10 products a month. Uh, that's awesome. I can't wait to check some of them out because again, one of the reasons I really was excited to talk to you is it, it is really overwhelming. I'm like, okay, so I could potentially get some some Wi-Fi blocking, some EMF blocking curtains or paint and then do this, that, and the other. Or I have this stupid phone case that may or may not do something. We'll get into that in a little bit. And it's some of these things might help, some may not. But then when you dive into it a little bit more, it's just so much more complex than your average person can just do in their home. And that's why it's so important to have an expert come and really look at it. I would love to start diving into some of that first before we do it, though. I really would love to hear your take on AirPods because, as I mentioned before we started filming, it is my greatest pet peeve and they drive me crazy after learning so much about the brain. It really just breaks my heart to see so many people that I know I love putting Wi-Fi directly through their brain and surrounding their brain all day, every day, as they're using their phones directly up to their heads or using the AirPods. So I'd love to hear your take on that and and whether you think that that's a great idea or not. Yeah, well, I mean, if you care about your brain health and it's important to you, then you should def be a definite no, I, sh I should not use my AirPods. And um, it's it's operating at that same frequency that I talked about earlier that actually causes the blood-brain barrier to become permeable, causes leaky brain, because uh, it's it's operating on Bluetooth at 2.4 gigahertz. And so you're, you're putting that, and it's not just one signal, it's two signals for each AirPod that are going into your ears and just communicating to your phone back here. And I don't know if they communicate back and forth it might just communicate down but it doesn't matter because when it blasts that signal it's not like a laser signal going going down to your device it is just going like like everywhere 
And so, you know, a lot of people that, that, uh, use them all the time, they have headaches and they don't know why they get migraines. They get insomnia. They can't fall asleep. They, they're like, Oh, I just have to fall asleep with my AirPods and, and listen to my music or whatever. But maybe you wouldn't need to listen to music if you didn't have the AirPods in, or you could, you know, there's other ways to like, I, I listen to like nice, like biurnal beats and sleep rhythms when I go to go to sleep, but I download it on my phone and then just have it on speaker and put it close to close to my, you know, my my bed where I can hear it. But everything on my phone is on airplane mode and Bluetooth is off, Wi-Fi is off. And uh you have to make sure that they're actually off and they're not like just disabled. Um like on an iPhone It'll turn gray if it's just disabled, but it won't turn kind of black. And so you really have to make sure that it's actually off in order to do that. But yeah, these AirPods are, gosh, especially kids, like their brains aren't fully developed. Uh, a human brain isn't really fully developed until you're about 25 years old. Like that's when you finally have the maximum thickness and uh, it can profoundly impact brain function in, in children. And cause permanent damage uh, from a from a young age if if there is like a stressor such as this that is that is uh, actually chronic and continuing and ongoing. Yeah, I would love. So as I mentioned, I have a couple different things that I do just that seem common sense, basic things that are not going to harm me to try and mitigate some of the impact that I have um, on my body and on Remy's body in terms of EMAPs. I would love to start sort of with what are some of the the easy, low-hanging fruit ways that people can reduce their exposure to, to the various types of EMAPs within their home and with the tech that they're using. Like, I have wired Beats headphones that I use when I'm out. Does that really make that much of a difference? Or should I use the air tube? wired ones you know i'm always on speakerphone and i turn my phone off at night but what are what are the easy basic things that people can start with and then we can sort of build up from there and and people can really understand the full scope of what it is that you you and your company do because it's really quite impressive yeah so i mean basic things like i i like to think of the basic things that people would do would be things that i would do when i'm on the road because at home i've got everything shielded like to the to the kilt you know it's like everything is like perfect at home all the rooms are shielded and the floors and the walls and the windows are shielded and and everything and every every product we put in plug into the walls is shielded basically so um but when i go out and rent like an airbnb i've got all the normal stuff and i don't have any shielding and so what do i do and that's what you can do right now that's what the low-hanging fruit that people can do so when I go into my Airbnb, look at the bed, I'm like, okay, this is where I'm sleeping tonight. This is where my body's supposed to be restoring itself tonight. So I look and I see, okay, are there any lamps plugged in to the wall? Usually there are. So I unplug the lamps. That lowers my body voltage on the bed by sometimes as much as half. So from like 2,000 millivolts or two volts pulsing through my body down to one volt. Um, and... Uh, Sometimes it won't even go down that much. And then if I can, I'll move the bed away from the wall because the wall has the wires in it. So that's just like being next to something that's plugged in. 
So if you can move your bed a little bit away from the wall, like one or two feet, that can bring it down like another 10 or 20% as well. Um, and then I'll, I'll look for, okay, where's the Wi-Fi router in the Airbnb? And I'll, before I go to bed that night, I'll unplug it. And sometimes that causes a problem because the, the host is, is using the Wi-Fi or something. And, but, uh, I try to get, when I stay somewhere, I try to get a place where, you know, it's the entire place to myself and I have control over everything. And then if I'm really thinking like, gosh, I need a, I, I'm really tired. I need some really good sleep. I can't risk it. I'll go find the breaker box and I'll turn off the breakers like for the whole night, just for, just for that night. And that'll shut down all the electricity in the house. And then I'll just sleep with the electricity off. That's, that's pretty extreme. And, you know, there are devices you can get that will like turn breakers off and things like that. But, uh, ultimately the better solution for people, like the next step would be to get your home tested and then we can help you customize a protocol for your for your bedroom where you can you don't have to turn any breakers off. Uh, you can replace your your toxic unshielded cables and everything plugged in next to your bed, whether it's a power strip or or whatever. You can swap those out for healthy versions. Like we have these outlets here that you can actually install next to your bed that have a US grounded USB and a USB C. And you can actually, there's lights that you can plug into this. You can plug your phone charger into this and keep it on airplane mode. And it's not going to have any electric fields because we've grounded these ports in here. So you'll see this same looking uh, plug at Home Depot, but none of these are grounded. They're all, they all are going to have AC voltage leaking onto them and it's going to be buzzing your body like crazy. And, uh, well, just to interject there, A, that's super fucking cool. B, um, can you speak a little bit about grounding? Cause that's something that I think there's a lot of confusion around. I remember when Remy was younger, a neurologist had actually recommended that he get grounding sheets. And I thought it was so cool. And then as I've listened to some of your podcasts and learned more, it seems like that can also be challenging. But if you want to just speak a little bit to that, if that's cool, like what grabbing does to the body and how that can help and also how grounding sheets can sort of be uh, not as beneficial as they can be counted as. Yeah. So the way I like to talk about grounding is that it's it's really two things that are happening because of the world we live in. Like if you're not around electricity, grounding is awesome. That's how how it was intended for us to be in nature. And you're receiving this DC energy, energy from the earth. If the sun's out, uh, some say you're getting this photo, what's called a photovoltaic effect where you receive the the light from the sun and there's energy that actually passes through you to the earth and then back up and there's this like battery like effect on your mitochondria that's like charging positively and negatively on both sides and you're you're charging your battery in that way with the light and with the earth um so it's it's a super beneficial and highly studied practice but we also have the issue that when you ground when you when you bring ac electricity into the picture um it kind of changes, it doesn't change the therapy you're getting from the earth or from the sun, but it does change the effect of the AC electricity and how it's impacting your body. Because once you ground, you think about it like, <laughs> like uh, there's several examples I like to use. Like if you're, if you're, uh, if you look at the electrical wires on the road, 
and you see how the birds can go up and they can just basically just sit on the electrical lines without getting electrocuted. It's because they're not grounded. They're the same potential as the line when they're up there. Now, if you took, if you took like a, if the bird had a hand and it could hold like a, a metal pole and, and reach it down to the ground, as soon as it, it got close to the ground, that bird would get zapped because it would be, it would be electrocuted. Or the same thing, if you took a metal pole and you're grounded and you go up and you touch the electrical wires, you'd get electrocuted. But if you were up there by, by the lines touching them, you, you'd be okay. That's wild. Or a, another example for kids, like to explain it to them, it's like, it's like when you go down the slide at the playground and you get that buildup of static shock. The electricity is looking for the lowest potential, the ground to go back to. So when you go out on the slide and you touch somebody who's grounded, that's standing on the ground, they're a lower voltage potential than you. You shock them. That electricity, that charge goes from you to the grounded person. And so the same thing is happening when we're surrounded by electricity and we're grounded is you're actually, you know, the electricity is actually attracted to your body, goes through your body. You become a part of that circuit and it goes through you to the ground. And there's a lot of deception that happens around like measuring this because uh, people will go on a grounding mat, show you that your AC body voltage goes down and they're like, see, the grounding works. It blocks those frequencies. But in fact, what's happening is you're, you're uh, exposed to these frequencies. Your body voltage is high on the meter and then you ground yourself and now all that all that the all the electricity is still there but it's not registering on the meter because it's going through your body to the grounding sheet instead of through your body to the meter so it's bypassing the meter and it's going it's it's missing a lot of that voltage that you're still being exposed to but it's it, you're not seeing it because it's going onto your body through the grounding sheet because that's the lowest voltage potential that's the fastest way uh for for it to get to the ground what i've heard that there are certain ways to sort of detoxify emfs like i have some i think i i forget which one it is i have a pemf mat on my bed that they touted as you know if you lay on this for 10 minutes it'll clear any electromagnetic frequencies from your bodies and Blah, blah, blah. Also, you know, I just spoke with Brian Richards, who spoke so highly of your work that I emailed you about having you on the podcast. And he was talking about, you know, sauna can potentially help mitigate some of the effects of EMF. What have you found with that? What do you think is actually helpful in terms of reducing some of that? I know there are certain herbs and supplements, carbon 60 and different, you know, arguably CBD or kava are all things that have been researched in terms of helping protect the body to some degree, maybe potentially protect some of the damage that's going on. What have you seen to be most helpful in terms of that? The most helpful practices are, you know, I agree with Brian Richards on that sauna and red light therapy, photobiomodulation. Uh, there's different pathways that both of those affect that are the same pathways that EMFs damage and they help improve. So there's a pathway uh, with, and with sauna where you're actually raising 
a, a molecule called BH4. It elevates that when after a sauna session. And BH4 is, is a molecule that helps to uh, neutralize peroxynitrite production. And so, and that peroxynitrite production is what's produced when those VGCs are stimulated by EMF. And so that's one pathway that, that sauna can help. Um, and that's, that's uh, I think that was an article by Dr. Martin Paul, where he's talking about BH4 levels and peroxynitrite and sauna. And he's also the, um, the doctor, the researcher that um, put together the collective data on how VGCCs, on VGCCs are actually impacting uh, via the, via, you know, EMFs are impacting the VGCs via that, that uh, pathway as well. But he wrote this article about BH4 and sauna and peroxynitrite before he did any of the research on EMFs, like bringing all that information together. So, um, so sauna is one. Photobiomodulation is another because you're actually supporting the mitochondria um, and stimulating cytochrome C oxidase and the electron transport chain to function uh, function better. And uh, and you're you're when you're supporting the mitochondria, you're actually helping the body to produce. You know, it's also producing what's called subcellular melatonin. So there's a melatonin that maybe you've talked to Brian Richards about this, that's produced subcellularly in the mitochondria. Every single cell in your body, every single mitochondria produces a form of melatonin that has nothing to do with sleep. It's all about being kind of a cooling agent for the cell, and it's the most potent antioxidant in your body. And so um, because it's a potent antioxidant, it also helps to mitigate damages from EMFs in mast cells and in a, you know, with the peroxynitrite and all these other pathways. And it's like your body's number one way to help um, protect the mitochondria and the cell on, on that cellular level. So um, those are two of the great ways. Also, cold therapy is another great way to mitigate. And then, you know, <laughs> there's a lot of supplements too that you can take, like molecular hydrogen. Um, I personally like, you know, think of it like we need to protect the fat cells and also the the water soluble parts of the body so the fat and the water and so because of that we need to we need to be thinking about vitamin E as a potent antioxidant for the fat cells and then also like vitamin C or um you know other other types of antioxidants that you can take that are water soluble and when you do that, those are those are things that I use when I travel. Is I'll always have vitamin E. I'll always have like uh, vitamin C and maybe some bioflavonoids. Uh, I'll have molecular hydrogen with me uh, to help mitigate a lot of that damage. And the the lipid peroxidation is a huge issue with uh, with EMF damage because that that'll last a lot longer than the water soluble damage does. I assume because the lipid gets more into the cell membranes, or am I making that assumption? Yeah, well, it's it's uh, especially if you're consuming a lot of um, omega six fatty acids, linoleic acid. Uh, they oxidize so easily in the body and out of the body that uh, you know. And there's so many toxins now that it's it's becoming. You know, it used to be that you could eat a lot of omega sixes and it was pretty healthy, but now we have so many um, things in our environment that are oxidizing these fats so quickly between EMS and the chemicals and the things we're breathing in and the toxins in our bodies that 
it's it's starting to starting to become this sad state where like they're not healthy anymore no matter what and so and and it's it's becoming a huge deal and you know one way to mitigate that is to take you know higher doses of vitamin e and so if you want to enjoy omega-6s still like avocados and nuts and seeds and things like that you really should be taking an omega uh, or a vitamin e supplement with a high gamma care interesting i remember remy getting recommended high levels of vitamin e from kelly dorfman who's a functional nutritionist for kids with disabilities i'll have to look back on those notes and see what she was talking about with that but it it makes sense to me um all right there's i just i love this topic it's so fascinating to me like there are so many different rabbit holes that we haven't gone down in terms of like how it's impacting the environment and insects and cancer and all of that which guys anybody listening like there's so much research on all of these things and it's as terrifying as you could possibly imagine uh just for and one example a study in done in 1979 this shit drives me crazy because they're like oh we have no idea if this impacts people's health whatsoever 19 fucking 79 there was a study on childhood on how what is it? uh childhood leukemia cases were doubled compared to children exposed to lower magnetic fields and also research done at that time on increasing uh miscarriages due to exposure to electric fields 1979 that's even before yep. i was born and i'm old now this is absurd you know like it's just if you if you think that the health regulation industries are are looking out for you, they're just not. So, so. Well, and the thing the thing about that study too is that they they know that's a legitimate thing because they'll take they'll take that information and they'll put it in like the World Health Organization warnings about EMF being like a type two carcinogen, which is in the same category as cigarettes. But they don't highlight it. They don't make an announcement. They don't like tell people about it. Uh, but they'll just post a study. Oh yeah, in 1979 we knew this, and there's been studies to confirm it since then. And it, yeah, it's it's related to below 0.9 milligauss. Um, you know, above 0.9 milligauss or more is is correlated with childhood leukemia, and then the miscarriages and everything. And they have that on the World Health Organization website, but still they don't like care about actually lowering our exposures to levels below that at all and i feel like i mean the whole 5g 3g whatever it is like debate is a whole different situation but it just seems like there's reckless abandon when it comes to technology and emfs where they're just not really testing it they're not looking for it and so they assume there's no harm and we are all the guinea pigs and so is the entire environment and ecosystem because every animal and plant, I believe, has voltage-gated calcium channels and thus are being dramatically impacted by these EMFs that we are flooding the earth with. So it's, it's really disastrous on all levels. So now I'm going to have you bring us some hope in terms of, <laughs> before I get too doom and gloom and keep you here forever going into all of these rabbit holes, tell me some more about how you guys have found uh, the best ways to help, you know, create that healing environment, at least within the home and what, what you guys sort of do 
and maybe some of these new products that you're bringing out because I think that that's so, so very exciting. I know I'm literally going to be on our website after we hang up today. So there will be that. <laughs> yeah. yeah. So, I mean, I've been doing this work for almost eight years now and kind of coming up, like seeing what's out there and then coming up with my own solutions through my own filter of natural health. Because before I really came into this, there was only a few companies that were actually making things hypoallergenic and non-toxic and like there's a lot of like electrical engineers in this in this industry like of, of the emf world and mitigation world who are just like oh yeah just use aluminum foil or this thing has nickel in it or this thing has a little bit of i don't think they ever use mercury but it was like it was like everything was on the table as long as it blocked the emf you know and so i was just like no we can't do it this way don't use lead don't use nickel don't use like like all of these things and you know and then they're child's dead in a lead yeah or like let make this a polyester like like endocrine disrupting like cage for the for you to breathe in all night and and let's light it with silver that flakes off and you're breathing it in all night you know like there's there's just so many uh problems with a lot of the a lot of the solutions that were out there and I started to like one by one like tackle each major thing um and brian richards and i kind of partnered up to to develop like the first organic cotton shielding fabric in the world and so that's what sauna space uses in their saunas and i consulted with them to shield all of their products and spent a lot of time uh, personally with him in missouri i actually moved my family there for two years to help uh his company and for him to help us because he could cut and ship out our shielding fabric that we developed together so um it's a it's, it's a synergy that him and i have and now we're kind of you know doing our separate things but still really good friends and we still help each other out but um it's like you know there's very few people that that care that are in the entrepreneurial world or the business world about like let's make a product that actually works that's not going to harm somebody and you know that's why i actually found his company was because I was testing saunas and I wanted to have a zero EMF sauna that I could recommend to my clients and, and I could, you know, uh, put out there. And so that's what we ended up creating together. Um, and we still test saunas. There's more sauna companies. We basically changed the whole industry so that they're more, con way more concerned about EMFs than ever before. I mean, if you look at the saunas just, uh, five or six years ago, hardly any of them were talking about EMF. And nowadays, like every single one has to, they have to have that marketing on their website, even if they're lying about it. So <laughs> it's like, uh, it's a huge deal now. Um, but the solutions that we bring to the table for people really are, you know, my big thing is to make it so that you don't feel like, oh, I have to, you know, I've been to homes when I first started out where they lined literally their whole rooms with aluminum foil. And like, like the walls and the ceilings and everything. And I was just like, this isn't good. Like <laughs> you've got aluminum everywhere and that's a neurotoxin. And, you know, and so, and there's like Klinghart talks about how there's this resonance phenomena with, with like metals and, and it can actually like cause you to detox more and loosen like aluminum or mercury in your body when mercury, when you're around fluorescent lights or aluminum, when you're around like aluminum things. And if you have aluminum in your body, it's resonating and loosening it up and going in to areas that are actually harder to detox from. So like 
for me as a practitioner, I was looking at this like, this is not good. We need to do something different. And, uh, and they do make shielding paints and the shielding paints are actually good. So that's what, that's one of the recommendations that we, that we do is like, let's make everything aesthetically pleasing, make it look like a normal house. So you don't have to look like you have a tinfoil hat on every time that someone comes over and, uh, make it beautiful. Just like Brian Richards does with his saunas. He made, he made them beautiful and the fabric is beautiful and you know that we use for curtains for for the windows and and then we have floor material that we put underneath the floors so if you want to remodel your room for health it costs like a fourth the cost of remodeling your bathroom or kitchen or whatever so you you basically can just you know paint the walls ground them you know ground the floor underneath and the, and you do the ceiling and everything and then you put special shielding fabric curtains on your windows and you've created this completely grounded space that blocks the electrical signals from the walls and it reflects away the wireless radiation from around you and it lets through the beneficial frequencies from the earth because it's not thick enough to to block that low frequency so you're still getting the schumann resonance you're still getting like the beneficial things from the natural world but you're blocking because of the thickness of the of the um shield you're blocking like the majority of the the man-made frequencies from coming in and your body actually gets to rest you get to breathe and and restore and if we can just do that at night and your body can restore from all the stress and the shit that everybody goes through during the day then you get like you get a chance to to heal. And when I started doing this, uh, implementing these solutions in my uh, health practice, when I was uh, doing functional nutrition with people, I I was able to actually get them off leaky gut supplements like right away, like three times faster than normal. And uh, and the protocols would stick. I wouldn't have to like come back to it in like six months or a year. Like things would start to stick. And then some people would respond so well to sleeping in a shielded space that they halved the amount of supplements they needed. And they didn't even need a leaky gut supplement. They just started healing just exogenously. That was like the biggest stressor in their life was the the EMF while they're sleeping. So there's that. We also test for like the lights and optimize the lighting in the house so that you can you know, you don't have light stress during the day or at night. And, uh, and then we test for wiring errors and, and all sorts of things. But the main thing is to, you know, get one of my guys or myself to your house, help us build you a protocol, get you on the right track. That way you're not wasting money on all these harmonizers and crazy things that they are marketing to people online that don't work. They, they, they have nothing to do with EMF if they're doing something. They're just, supporting the body you know at most they're supporting the body energetically in some way which i'm a real energetic person but they're not they don't lower the readings on any of the equipment that we have that we measure this stuff with yeah so the reason they're marketing it for emfs isn't because it has anything to do with emf it's just because emf is a hot topic and nobody knows what to do about it which drives me crazy because i'm just like a foolishly ethical person so I'm like, why would you do that? These things are expensive and we all buy them because we're worried. But 
In terms of you and Brian and Brian and both of your companies, one of the things that I love about both of you is that you guys are also foolishly ethical people who go above and beyond in terms of making sure that what you are doing is well-researched and done to the absolute best of your ability, the best of the current research, the best that's available to the point that you guys will create an entirely new um, fabric and make sure that you're getting some organic shielded fabric. I also really love as a health practitioner and as a mom that both of those things, whether it's you know, Brian's saunas with the photobiomodulation of the lights, I think are fantastic for the kids, whether they're going into the saunas or just using one of the photon lights um, and working on shielding a child's environment or part of the home or your bedrooms. Those things are working on so many different pathways within the body in order to build health and restore health to people. So one of my main, you know, mottos is sort of that we need to stop responding to disease with pharmaceuticals and start building health to me i think with chinese herbal medicine chinese medicine but this is another way that we can really build health within the home in ways that you don't even really have to think about it once you've done it it's you know you pay some money you get some help you get it shielded and then you're really building health over time as opposed to this chronic you know drain on your system your brain your body and your immune system so i I really love the holistic approach to health through these two two avenues i guess i would say (laughs) yeah yeah and you make a really good point and i i probably don't emphasize this enough with people but um you know once you shield that room like you said it's like especially for someone who it's hard to get them to take supplements it's hard to get them to stay on a protocol like children, it's 100% compliance after they shield the room for them to be shielded from EMF. Like they just go and they sleep in their room and they're restoring all night long. You don't have to get them to swallow something or do anything to get their therapy. It's something that they're already doing. And so a lot of people will spend a lot of money on a sauna, which can be a great investment or a hyperbaric or some kind of ozone machine or whatever biohacking thing. (laughs) Yeah. And, uh, and they may not get their child to use it. They may not use it. You have to cut time out of your day to do it. But with like shielding your bedroom, you don't have to change anything. You just do it once and you're getting that therapy night after night after night after night. And it's compounding. Your body's healing more and more every night. You're getting into a deeper healing state every single night. And so like as far as investments go, you have compliance, 100% compliance when you're at home in that shielded space. But also, you're going to be reducing the amount of supplements that you need to buy, the amount of other therapies that you need to do in order to get healthier because you don't have all this, all these frequencies damaging you constantly and and setting you backwards every single night. Now you're actually going forwards at night instead of instead of backwards. And so um, it's, you know, I, I always, you know, I'm probably biased, but I say like, you know, a lot of people are like, oh, I'll eventually do that this is like the time to do it. Like this is the first thing that I think this should be a priority is fixing this environment. Continue to do the things you're currently doing. But if you're going to make an investment, this is like a a way to actually save in the long run because you're going to make everything that you do in the future better that way. Absolutely. And I've spent so much money on supplements and therapies for Remy. And 
I know that they would have been so much more impactful if he didn't have that chronic stress on his body from the electromagnetic fields. And it's, I, I just think it's, it really, I cannot stress enough how much I think that this is a huge issue. And it really terrifies me to see how it's going to impact our health as a society long term. So I really hope that anybody listening is going to reach out to Shielded Healing. I know I am going to and look into ways that I can like boost my health and help in the least shield Remy's Remy's room and and reduce the impact on me while I'm sleeping also because it it really truly is one of the most important things you can do for your health. So I am going to set you free, but I'm really, really genuinely very grateful for your work and really, really grateful for your time and your wisdom. So thank you so much for sharing all of this. Is there anything else that you feel like anybody listening needs to know or is there anywhere that you'd like to direct anybody? I know I'll put all of the links in the show notes, but if there's anything else that you think I missed, let me know. <laughs> sure. Yeah. I think just the main takeaways is try not to get overwhelmed by That's a good- you know, all of this, you know, <laughs> because even just that state of stress about like, oh my gosh, EMF, what, what the heck do I do? I don't even, I don't know where to start. I don't know what to do. Like that can cause a lot of the symptoms of of emf damage actually uh because our emotions are so powerful and so uh i like to try to stay optimistic about it even though there is a lot of doom and gloom but like you know i am i'm a big believer that there are solutions as bad as like the people that invented this technology have made this environment so harmful i think we can kind of combat it with with uh being smart and inventing technology that can protect us from it even despite what other people are doing. And I think that if we grab onto that, we can kind of empower ourselves to take control of our lives again and our health. And so um, that's what I'm trying to help. I'm trying to design products and things to help people do that. And so that's that's my other company is The Shielding Shop. And so that's theshieldingshop.com. And then our consulting company is Shielded Healing. So if you go to shieldedhealing.com and you want to get us to come to your home, uh, that would be the the place to go. I'm so excited about it. Yeah, I think that down to earth, like getting grounded when it comes to health stuff. I always am, you know, I'm I'm such a health nerd and whatnot. And everybody who knows me knows that I'm somewhat of a psycho when it comes to like the quality of the food that I'm eating or anything that I'm putting in my body or how I'm responding. But anybody who knows me also knows that if there's a pork belly taco and a spicy mezcal margarita, that shit's going down. Like, you know, you got to have that balance and enjoy your life. And, you know, I think, again, that the tech that you're creating, the work that you're doing really allows people to be able to live their lives, to be able to use technology, which is a phenomenal thing. You know, we wouldn't be able to be having this conversation or sharing this information without technology. So I'm super grateful for it. But we've got to find the ways that we can do it that are going to be less impactful on our health. So what you're doing, I think, is just so brilliant and really really necessary and exciting awesome thank you so much it's been great to to chat with you and i hope that this helps a lot of people that are that are your followers and your audience and customers and everything thank you so much i'm sure it will thank you for listening to the radical remedy podcast the radical remedy podcast is for general informational purposes only and does not constitute the practice of medicine nursing or other professional health care services including the giving of medical advice and no doctor patient relationship is formed
The use of information on this podcast or materials linked from this podcast is at the user's own risk. The content of this podcast is not intended to be a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Users should not disregard or delay in obtaining medical advice for any medical condition they may have and should seek the assistance of their healthcare professionals for any such conditions.